All right, George, here okay. we go. Great. Feel pumped? Feel good? Pretty pumped. Pretty pumped. All right. <laughs> Listen, we're not going to put this in. This is just us getting ready. Everybody listening, we're not going to put this in the podcast. This is me warming up yeah. my voice. Edit right over this. Ah. Ready, Gar? Uh-huh. Are you ready, Wayne? Ready. Welcome. Let's just start the podcast. Sure. Dive right into it. You have nothing better to do. Yeah, that's that's why we're here. Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of Worst Scene, the podcast where we watch two movies, not one movie, two movies. We watch a good movie and a not so good movie. And then after we watch them, each of us independently of each other without mm-hmm. discussing it, decide what we think is the worst scene in the good movie and the best scene in the bad one. Then we decide after that what we like better, the worst scene in the good movie or the best scene in the bad one. I, as always, am one of your co-hosts, Richard, and I'm here with... Oh, it's me, George. Uh, Hi, I'm also a co-host. And we have very, very special guests. Very excited um, to have them here. Uh, uh, Land and Aviva or Aviva and Land. Uh, yeah, tell, hey guys. Tell, yeah, tell, tell us which of you. Yeah, tell us which of you is Who's which. Who? I'm Land, and I'm Aviva. <laughs> Just kidding. Fantastic. Just kidding. We're always playing around like that. Yeah, we're big jokesters. Oh, you should you should see the pranks we pull around the house here. <laughs> <laughs> All right. <laughs> well, thank thank you so much for having us. Thank it's, you. It's great to see you, uh, my friends. Yeah. It is good to see you, my friends, as well. <laughs> and Lan, you've been on the show a few times. And Aviva, we tried to have you on, and you were like on for five minutes of an episode. It just something was wrong. I think you just you left and went to do something better. Um, it's a- couldn't have been that much better but um <laughs> probably worse i assume but yeah i i want to say it was the um pluto nash was oh that? you're right it, it yeah. was pluto right. nash that's right that's one of our yeah. lost episodes yeah that will be yeah. playing again <laughs> <laughs> during this this season at at yeah. some point Ooh. yeah it just got weird that we just yeah so yeah look for look fuck who cares look forward to that one <laughs> yeah please <laughs> Come on. It's clearly good. So, as I mentioned earlier, we watched two movies on this podcast, and we should name what they are. The The good one, the first one, is Wayne's World, the most successful, at least monetarily successful, Saturday Night Live film uh, of all time. Still has made more money than any others. And then what's our, what's our other movie, George? Uh, the other movie is Stuart Saves His Family, which I believe is the second movie um least financially successful saturday night live film of all time i believe you are are right about that and it's not hard to be the most financially successful saturday night live film of all time since only wayne's world and the blues brothers have actually made uh any money every Mm. other snl movie has been a failure two Wayne's World 2 also, I would say, was a success. Mm, Wayne's World 2 was not a success. Wayne's World 2 barely made its budget back. Oh, my God. 
Yeah, but it, that does make it the third most successful SNL <laughs> film by barely making its budget back. No other SNL film has ever made its budget back other than oh, wow. Blues Brothers, Wayne's wow. World, and Wayne's World 2. And, wow. of course, there is the much-beloved It's Pat. Oh, uh, that was a movie. <laughs> That's got to be at the bottom. Yeah, that is at the bottom. Well, how much money do you think It's Pat made? Does anybody want to guess? Throw it out there. I would myself I know. Like four, 400K? 400K? So is Aviva's guess $40 and your guess is 400, 400K? We like so if, we're going by, if, we're going by, if we're going by Price is Right rules, I think then... Um, I think Aviva gets it, right? Yeah, I think I think Aviva gets it either way because it's Pat <laughs> made sixty thousand dollars oh, at the box office. Lord. I've never yeah. heard of a movie making that. No, that no, little money. It, um, I think that it was it was only in the in the theaters in the states for a week. I think. Wow. Point of Vista Pictures were like, nope, pulling this. Yeah, oh it cost eight million dollars to make. What? Which is, which as I like to point out, is I believe five times as much as the film Get Out costs to make. Wow. Mm -hmm. It's Pat starring the band Ween very briefly. Oh, really? Right. And Um, uh, Ghost mm -hmm. co-written by Quentin Tarantino. Is that? No. Really? Tarantino did a uh, uncredited script doctor because he was friends with Julia Sweeney. She's in Pulp Fiction. And it was the same year as Pulp Fiction. Wow. Um, we'll be we'll, we'll possibly be covering this in a future episode. But well, um, That's like an M. Night Shyamalan ghostwriting, she's all that kind of situation. Wow. Well, wow, I didn't know that. Yeah, that's true. That's what I've that's, heard. That's his best movie then, based <laughs> on that. Wait. Look it up. Which one is She's All That? Is that That's not the Edward Burns movie. That's with Rachel Lee yeah. Cook and like Freddie Prince. Oh, Jr. okay. Uh, well, so, I mean, didn't M. Night also make that monkey movie, like Dunstan Checks In, or one of those I, I think so. I think it, yeah, I think you're right. One of those is an M. Night joint. Wait, back to It's Pat. Did you see, oh. you feel free to cut this out, but did you, there's this really good show called Work in Progress. Um, and so there's, like, kind of a, I think she's non-binary, or at least, like, gender. Maybe she, no, I think she's like gender queer just like queer at least and she looks like kind of like a she basically she grew up being called pat because she looked oh, kind man. of like um ambiguous you know like ambiguous gender wise but julia sweeney stars in it and they have kind of like a confrontation about it's pat where julia sweeney kind of like apologizes for like the impact of it's pat to the lead in this show work in progress it's such a good show you you should oh. see it it's on okay showtime. yeah i agree it's really oh good. all right i actually i actually just got showtime to cover um something that we're doing on our next episode so great it's so uh, good i yeah, hope it in, comes back work in progress it's kind of like a little curbier enthusiasm-esque sort mm-hmm. of i hope it comes feel. back yeah, yeah. We, we really like that yeah cool Let's talk about these two movies. Uh, so our first one is, again, it's Wayne's World, which was successful not just financially, but it's also a very funny movie. And it involved a lot of talented people. Obviously, Mike Myers and uh, Dana Carvey, but also the director and co-writers, very talented. The director is Penelope Spheris, who made the 
the um, Decline of Western Civilization, one through three, great movies about punk. Thank you, Landon Avio, for nodding along as I talk about this. It makes me feel very encouraged. I've seen all three movies. <laughs> while, I, while I talk. Well, one's um, about punk and one's about metal. And the last that's, that's one's true. about, that's three true. is about homeless teen. Oh, I haven't seen three. Yeah, three is the crust punk one. Yeah. Okay. Yep, yep, so... Anyway, please ex- explain those to me. You shouldn't have been Excuse nodding. Me. I didn't give enough description. You should have started shaking your head so that I'd be like, wait a second. I uh, I was oversimplified those movies. Um, she uh, Something that may have led to the... Pay no attention to derailing you. Cool. Something that may have led to the other Wayne's World not being as good is that she didn't direct it as she was not mm-hmm. asked back. Uh, her explanation was that she and Mike Myers did not get along, and that is why she did, was not asked back. Thank you. I feel like I said the correct thing, watching you <laughs> nod. So, the, <laughs> um, no, so also, it was co-written. Yeah, I'll say this thing, and then, then you'll say that, that thing. It was also written by the uh, writing uh, couple, Bonnie Turner and Terry Turner, right. uh, who um, who are not related, according to the Wikipedia article, to Ted Turner, just so you know, that was called out specifically hmm. by their Wikipedia article, just in case people were confused. But they did write Third Rock from the Sun and that 70s show, as well as write for SNL for uh, six years, which and is what Cone- led to them being here. They wrote Coneheads. They wrote Tommy Boy. <laughs> They wrote the Brady Bunch movie. They wrote a lot of stuff. Can I just interject? And Absolutely I, not. Absolutely I just want to say that me and Land are really bad at interrupting people <laughs> during podcasts. <laughs> yeah. I know I interrupted nice. you to say that, but and I just interrupted you George should, just now. You should keep interrupting. <laughs> keep talking. No, Every time. Very, Stop. You politely Go. interrupted us. <laughs> So yeah, don't be say. so polite. You should again. You've you're very good. I, people listening can't see this, but I've implied it several times now. You're very good at giving like uh, signals with your faces as to whether or not you want to say something or stop us. So before you before you jump in, if you just give a little shake of your head, just like oh, oh here it comes, here it comes, should start winding down what I'm going to say. I think <laughs> I think we all just did. We wa- we just watched uh, Wayne's World last night, and we did a lot of research, and we're just so excited to yeah. hear. We're excited to hear all of the facts we know now. Yeah. Yes. We, <laughs> it's so we, great. Bo- we both already loved the movie, and then we rewatched it, and we, it just like confirmed for us. We we're like, this movie does not have a dull moment. Every. Oh, yeah. ev- Every scene is good. I mean, I I had to pick a best scene. I mean, a worse a worse scene, unfortunately. But it's such a good movie with just a constant, like, just constant back to back jokes, um, and, and great characters. I just like we were literally like my face hurt from smiling rewatching the movie, and also yeah. just so great when you see a movie from. 30 years ago ago hold up which like how good does this hold up it, it still holds, holds up it holds, so good i was so just agreeing good. with you keep talking the uh, <laughs> it's i feel like so much of the like humor especially with the use of the camera uh, and how they interact with it would fit on tiktok like there's stuff on there that feels very very modern it does not feel like it was a comedy from 1992 absolutely um yeah and i feel like it there's like a blend of so many different types of like so many different devices with like telling it like breaking the fourth wall and just like there it's so cartoonish and gaggy and like they really don't 
have any rules in this movie. They just do whatever they want, and it works so well. It's so good. Yeah, it's a cl- it's a classic case of them having fun, making themselves laugh, and it's just it's timeless. It's still funny. It's so true, and like you pointed out a moment ago, we all learned a lot of facts about this movie in yeah, preparation for the podcast. So, <laughs> yes, why don't the two of you tell us, and then George, you jump in as well with some of oh, your I'm, favorite I'm just... some of your favorite facts about <laughs> Wayne's World? Oh wow, um, yeah, I would say it's my. Well, what are my favorite facts? I mean, this isn't a fact, but I just love, I genuinely like love, have a deep love for the Garth character. Like, I just love Mm -hmm. him. He's so, so lovable and so sweet. And like, I guess apparently Dana Carvey sort of based like at least some of the mannerisms off his brother. Um, and I think he was maybe 30s. I think uh, Mike Myers is 27. I think Dana Carvey was 37 when the first movie was shot. Um, but you wouldn't really know it because he has kind of like a really youthful energy. It doesn't you would I wouldn't have known he was 37, even though very young age. Um, yeah. What What are some other facts about the movie? Yeah. I also heard that him and Penelope Spheris didn't get along and mm. that. Kind of after that and throughout Mike Myers' career, kind of developed that reputation of being, like, quote, difficult. But I think he's just probably a perfectionist and wants... I've heard him talk about in interviews that he just, like, wants to produce something that's good. And clearly he has, despite the love guru. Um, But yeah, Wayne's World is a perfect movie. And what are some other Wayne's World facts? land i'll throw it to you oh great um all of the facts have fallen out of uh one ear uh first they go in uh the first year and then they come out the other year but we uh we did you covered a lot of the facts up top yeah this isn't a test this isn't so a test yeah. you don't have to like explain why you don't have any facts we took all your facts oh, thank you. no and, and we I... took your facts before you I didn't realize, because, yeah, last night, I didn't realize that, so it was Mike Myers who co-wrote it with, like you said, uh, is it Bonnie and Terry Turner? Um, That's them. That's them. A married couple who were on, who wrote for SNL, Um, and I guess they wrote for some sketch show called Tush uh, before SNL. Hold on. Oh, sorry. Our cat is scratching against them. (laughs) Cut it out. Okay. <laughs> it but, looked like you were throwing Twizzlers at your cat. It did. Oh shit! I lost audio. Oh no! Oh shit! Oh yeah! I'm <laughs> oh, did you tape the? Just say half pen, or else I don't hear it. Yeah, these audio splitters are annoying. Okay, sorry about that. Um, yeah. but yeah, I was I didn't realize like what the writing team for Wayne's World was before we watched it last night, which is Mike Myers, Bonnie and Terry Turner. And yeah, I had no idea. I didn't know who Bonnie and Terry Turner were even though I've like watched everything they've made. What a talented like married yeah. uh couple writing team. Yeah. Oh yeah. Um uh, congrats to any... them. Congrats yeah. to them. I, I don't have any facts because I, I, I can throw it back to you, Richard, but I will say that I did watch the uh, what is that shit that the the reunited apart? We watched the same thing. So I watched that when that I watched all of those when they first came out. Uh, I'm cooler than everybody. Um, I did it first. 
but it, it was interesting when Penelope Spheris shows up, and it's they, there's a little bit of an amends between the two of them. Um, yeah. But it's, you... it's very, it was very tense. I, I, I know. Watching it. I was very tense watching that. So. Every time she spoke, I was just watching Mike Myers' face to see like huh. what he like how he was reacting, and he like didn't seem like maybe i was reading too much into it but he wasn't like smile he didn't seem like elated to hear her speak i was like oh is that some of that like still there maybe i don't know i don't know i don't know know. but yeah that was really cool to watch if if you're listening out there and you're a fan of wayne's world there is like and josh gad and josh josh gad is fine i like him um But yeah, it's a it's a really cool Zoom reunion of just basically lots and lots of people that were on the Wayne's World cast. And and Judd Apatow uh, dumps in there as well. Sure, he's in there for some reason. (laughs) (laughs) Did you see that too, Richard? Uh, That is one I did not watch. So it's worth watching. I think Judd Apatow probably got a writing credit on that uh, the video. Sorry. (laughs) So. Well, it was great talking. The facts. It was great having you on. (laughs) Thanks for listening to Wayne's World Facts. Uh, Come back next week for more facts from Wayne's World. Uh, No, Richard, do you have more uh, trivia to tell us before you um, open it up to more discussion? No, not really. I mean, Wayne's World was obviously a sketch on Saturday Night Live. Uh, Before that, it was a character, as many great characters in SNL are, was something that Mike Myers had developed before coming to Saturday Night Live, having done it on a couple of shows uh, in Canada. The it was a t- uh, the main one. If I pull up my notes here, and by my notes I mean this first paragraph of this Wikipedia article, the <laughs> it was on a show called City Limits uh, in Toronto is where he first. Uh, and it's only rock and roll. Those were the first two shows. I'm sure you've all watched those where he developed the character of Mike Myers. But those are <laughs> those are the those are the facts. So why don't we now talk about? Uh, what we like and don't like about the movie, especially focusing on uh, what we don't like. Something that is, this is genuinely, watching this again, as Landon of Evil were already saying, this movie is a joy. This movie left a smile on my face the entire time, too. It made me so happy. But now we have to choose the parts that maybe don't make us happy. Uh, and I'm going to turn that over to our guests, Landon of Evil. Or, or George, one of you, one of the three of you can go first to tell us what you don't free like. For all. I, I, Whoever I, talks I, first. Oh, I guess. I, I, <laughs> okay, I, go ahead. Go should ahead. I just pick one thing I didn't like? Oh, no, you can no, talk through. You can rank okay. them. You can say these are the three yeah, things, but this is the number one. You and, can also and, just talk about things you like before you get to that point. Like yeah, let's, what I let's, let's talk about what we like. We got to. Okay. Well, that's yeah. hard. We got to set the stage. That's hard because, like, I can't. There are so many moments that i love in this movie that are like first of all i love everything that garth says and how he mm-hmm. says it like for the since we rewatched it last <laughs> night me and land have just been like saying to each other when garth is at the at the show at the what's it called the gas at the, the gas oh shit what is it called gas, gas lights gas lights the gas gas lamp it's like two words anyway we yeah. can't remember it but um when he's like behind the kind of goes, excuse me, I'd like to get by now. <laughs> it's like a very small moment, but just like I watching Garth speak and act, he's just so adorable. And I am, it's hard to believe that Garth isn't a real person who exists in the world and that he is <laughs> Dana Carvey because, like, out of all the Dana Carvey characters, he just like really feels like 
an actual person that exists. Um, I obviously the scene at the airport is amazing where they're watching mm-hmm. planes go overhead and mm-hmm. just chatting it up. And during that Josh Gad episode that we were just talking about, I couldn't like totally understand if this was an improvised moment or not. But when Mike Myers and Dana Carvey are talking about, they were just talking about kind of like riffing in the moment and just like um, doing like gags and just like, yeah, just like doing like little comedic riffs together. And the moment where Garth says the Bugs Bunny line, like, you know, when you like, you know, when Bugs Bunny dressed up as a girl bunny, did you ever like find her attractive? And Mike Myers is like, no, like his laugh is so natural. (laughs) And it feels like such a real, I I don't know. I don't know if that was improvised or not, but it feels like such a real moment. Yeah. Yeah. Go ahead. No, it feels, yeah, it feels like he just got suckered. Like that that was actually Mike Myers losing his shit over the weirdest question of all time. Yeah. Like it, I can't think of a movie where there are so many moments that like genuinely make me smile and laugh so much. Like the product placement moment is amazing. Mm -hmm. The, um, you know, everything with the fucking, what, um, (laughs) fucking, what's the, what are you trying to save you? Ed O'Neill? Ed O'Neill. Thank you. That is what (laughs) I was trying to say. The Ed O'Neill moments are amazing. Thank you. Yeah. All of his stuff is incredible. Oh my god, Ed O'Neill is great in this movie. <laughs> He's so good in this movie. Um, yeah, those are incredible. Uh, yeah, the whole thing is, it's just like a bunch of skits that are all really perfect classic moments all stitched together that somehow do create a narrative and like a, a movie that you're invested in. It doesn't make sense how they did this. It's really, really difficult to just stitch together a bunch of like skits each it's it's like every scene has some classic moment it's an, it's incredible and it all like comes together yeah and i mean to have all, i mean tia carrera like we haven't even mentioned her yet is just right. one absolutely gorgeous just like aside from her and she sings all of the songs in she the sings, movie, yeah yeah She's a singer, which yeah. um incredible and just such like a strong female character also like you know, you didn't. I think she is from Hawaii, but is like kind of a mix of. I know she's like of Chinese descent mixed with a few other things. Yeah, but the, the Cantonese scene is so good. The too. Cantonese scene is amazing. But just like to have her in the movie and just to have this like <laughs> strong, badass, like Asian female character. Um, and also, yeah, she wasn't like this like damsel object of affection. She was kind of like definitely the strong person and the dynamic between her and Wayne she was like she held her own and it was like a very unique cool character for for that time yeah. and I recognized that as a three-year-old when this movie came out <laughs> oh god oh, oh, that's so weird oh god yeah I was I was 12 or 13 when this movie came out and oh, it it resonated strongly with me. I'm just gonna I'm just gonna start taking over and talk about how much I love this movie for a little while, if you don't mind. Go for it. Um, yeah, me and Aviva were talking, and we we are both uh, Garths. We both identify as a as a Garth. I w- I've been Garth for Halloween, like after the movie came out. We we got uh, pictures of a young me as uh, as a Garth, and I, I just like that they are 
they're cool, but they're dorky. They're like metal dorks. They're into like uncool like bands like Aerosmith. Aerosmith is not a cool band, but yeah. it's forgivable because I don't know. I I can relate to just not quite being cool, but still being like they. But they are cool. They are cool in their uncoolness, if that makes sense. I think that's the coolest way to be cool is to be a, a nerd about something and like really. Be sincere and to love. Like it's not cool to be aloof and like like the that definition of cool and like not care. It's like cool to be really like passionate about something and to yeah, like, yeah. which they are. They like love Alice Cooper and Van Halen, Aerosmith. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That aloof coolness is it's cool on the surface, but then when you when you dig any deeper, there's nothing there. Sure. These guys, these guys are cool in their uncoolness, and I, like many people, just instantly love them, and just uh, you know, this this movie means so much to me. Uh, yeah, George. No, 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 no. no, no. <laughs> now, that, so remember, now that you've said how much it, well, George. Well, I mean, I remember going to say. this. I remember going to see this when I was thirteen or fourteen uh, with a girlfriend. Oh, oh. Of course, thirteen. You fucking. But it was like. It was like going to a concert. It was like every time I went to go see this movie, it was sold out. It was like these big packed fucking theaters and everyone was on board. Everyone loved it. It was it was crazy. It was really like going to see uh, like a, a rock band, a rock band. <laughs> yeah, oh. that's, what, that's what they're called. OK, okay. all right. Uh, yeah. So um, and it was a thrill. It was like, wow, OK, this movie it's it's sort of like the perfect Gen X comedy because it has all of like the TV references and all the all the stuff that thing the movies like Reality Bites wished it had, it was smart enough to have. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Take that, Winona Ryder. Sorry, I know you're listening. I, I, I feel I feel bad because I like Winona Ryder. I like Ben uh, Stiller and uh, Ethan Hawke. Uh, <laughs> Janine Garofalo. I like, I like Janine Garofalo. <laughs> Who else? Who else? Uh, like Steve Zahn. Who else? I they got that Zahn. Who played the Who played the guy who worked at the gas station? I like that guy. Um, sorry, I have that movie on VHS. Well, so far this has been a real love fest to yeah. both Wayne's World and Reality Bites. But now we have to choose, not for Reality Bites at least, but for Wayne's World. What is the the biggest piece of shit scene in Whoa. this movie. What is the He's trash? Crazy. What is the garbage uh, scene of this? Now, I know that. No, I take all that back. There's not really a scene like that in Wayne's World, in my opinion. But what is the worst scene? What's the weakest point that you can that you can look at and say maybe if they didn't do that? Um. Well, I don't think this is a weak. This is just a scene that that is like purely to move the plot forward um but the what is the guy who owns noah's arcade name uh brian doyle murphy um no, brian doyle murray jesus christ oh yeah uh, he's bill murray's brother what's the yeah. character's name the character's uh, name noah. is noah noah vanderhoff <laughs> noah, <laughs> noah vanderhoff yeah. vanderhoff i mean yeah. you know one of I wouldn't even say it's a weak scene, but if I had to pick, it's not the most exciting scene when they're having a meeting and just discussing how him advertise coming on to Wayne's World every week could help to like, it just, it could help with advertising. It's not a bad scene, 
but it Wayne and Garth aren't in it, so I <laughs> feel like it's not as good as other scenes. I'm like, okay, th- but they do need this moment to just like move the plot forward, and it is necessary. But it's not the most exciting scene. There's not like any great gags in that scene necessarily. Um, can I mention one other moment? Other than that, yeah. Never ask plenty, permission. Just do it. We have plenty, plenty of tape. <laughs> I don't know what your worst scene is, Land, but I just want to mention that the brief Chris Farley moment is like they don't yeah. use him to his like ability. Because, I mean, and the most that he kind of does to sort of like showcase what he does is he sort of does this, that like Chris Farley like hand scoop at one moment <laughs> when he's explaining like where the record producer totally. is going to. But, but I feel wasn't yeah, this like ahead. the first this is like the first year that he was on SNL. Like this is, is that true? Really? A lot of people, I think it was like really early in his tenure. Okay. Um, so yeah, yeah. Uh, it was we sort both, of like a coup for him to be in this movie. Right. And we then were, we were both remarking that uh he's not given any funny lines no. basically, but he makes a funny scene just by being Chris Farley yeah. with his huge gestures. Yeah. yeah. He somehow makes it funny with no no dialogue yeah. that has any jokes in it. And he but, also ends up yeah. being a pivotal a, a pivotal thing for the um, the last act of the movie because he tells them the um, the schedule of Mr. Big's limo. Definitely, <laughs> that's right. Oh, what a coincidence that he happened to see them on his limo TV. Okay, go ahead, Beef. I'm done. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'll go next. Can I? You can go next. Can I? Uh, leave? Can I go? I'm gonna get some beer. Yeah, you, you can go, Viv. <laughs> we will we will take a we will take an intermission at uh yeah, yeah at um, a certain point too. I do have to pee, so that'd be great. But I'm gonna use my pee energy to uh oh, cool. to, to propel Very my cool. propel Very my cool. my worst scene of Wayne's World, I've decided I actually I don't like most of the scenes hold up really well to me, except for when they are making fun of their adver- advertiser like hmm. uh, first uh, for, like early on they have the uh, the sucking um, haircut mm-hmm. machine I just feel kind of bad for this guy that came on to their show to like demonstrate his product uh, like under under you know he was probably invited <laughs> he was pouring her beer uh. Like in front of the mic yeah. to try to. That was so it's just, loud. It's, okay. it's just beer. It, no one is taking a whiz. It's supposed to. It's, that's, that was not Land using his pee energy <laughs> to talk <laughs> about the scene. You know, pee energy has probably um, fueled a lot of important decisions. Like I think, like the signing of the Declaration of Independence. There's probably a lot of guys mm-hmm. that had to pee really bad, and they yeah. were just like, "Fine, um, I'll sign this thing." Writing, uh, you yeah. Know, not only the signings, but also the writing of the of the declaration. When they were doing that, do you think they would just go around like out back to piss, or did they have like a a chamber pot or something? Yeah, I, I think they went out back and they practiced their signatures by peeing in their signatures <laughs> in the snow. In the was snow, it yeah. because it was wintertime. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> All right, I'll I'll buy that. Anyway, uh, like I was saying, what the hell was I talking about? My worst scenes. Also, I don't. I didn't like it when uh, when uh, Wayne is holding up the signs that say like this man has no penis, um, mm-hmm. he blows goats. Um, I just felt 
for some reason, I was just like, why are you doing this? This is this guy is giving you an opportunity. You have like a big studio. Like, it's not uh, as funny to me for some reason. This might just be me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just, I just really feel it's disrespectful. Point. Yeah, I felt bad for him too. That's a really good choice. <laughs> <laughs> and the look on his face, what uh, Brian Doyle Murphy when they, it is sad because very, he has very. he's done nothing wrong in this movie. He's he's got his arcade business. You know, he's trying yeah, his best. He's out of touch, but what do you expect? Yeah, it, I, yeah. I didn't. I didn't hate him enough to be to have this type right. of uh, vitriol uh, targeted at him. Right. right. Yeah. He's not. He's not Rob Lowe. Yeah, exactly. It would make and, more sense if that was Rob Lowe getting treated that way. Absolutely. Sure, sure. And if I might interject, this is something me and Land both discussed about the movie. What does like Rob Lowe do where he is like helping to promote an arcade and also helping like <laughs> Tia Carrera to shoot a music video? Like, what is what does he do? Yeah, that's the world of Chicago <laughs> entertainment. <laughs> you have to really put your hands in a lot of different a lot of different jars. Yeah, that was the first time. On this viewing at the age of 41, I think I am, uh, that was the first time I considered the business aspect of Wayne's World. It's like, what is this business exactly? Uh, go ahead. It's local local TV <laughs> advertising. I don't know. So so there you go. That's your worst thing, George. What's, what's your, what's, what about you? Um, I, I, I want to, there's a few things, like I don't ever have to hear the song Dreamweaver ever again. Uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm good on on that. Um, also, there's a lot of tucked in t-shirts in this movie, <laughs> including sleeveless like cutoff t-shirts that are tucked in. How, how does everyone on this call uh, feel about tucked in t-shirts? I have never been able to figure out how to do it outside you can't of just under it. No, I feel like that's. <laughs> I mean, I, I know how to do it. it. I, I understand the mechanic. Yeah, the pulling. <laughs> yeah, I can't pull it off. George, when uh, did you put a beret on? <laughs> <laughs> My head got cold. It was the nearest hat. <laughs> it's um, probably the least warming hat that exists. Uh, yeah, I like that you're making this like fashion criticism about tucked in shirts. Well, you have like a rat tail, a beret. You're yeah, wearing a rat tail. overalls. Oshkosh, the guy. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm wearing like a train conductor's overalls and a beret. <laughs> <laughs> Just, um, I like tucked in shirts. I mean, you know, they kind of right. make me feel like a bit of a dork sometimes when I tuck in a shirt, but I feel like for men, it might be a little more silly than it is. I feel like since my body type is mostly torso, I'm like pretty tall, but I have like shorter <laughs> legs and just long torso. Sometimes I'm, I, I, I'm with you, George. I have never tucked in my shirt, but I'm thinking like yeah. maybe tucking in my shirt would make my legs appear longer. <laughs> <laughs> this is, that's potentially good fashion yeah advice. yeah or i mean the, the just put this out there crop tops i've had some shorter yeah. shirts so what about you richard i think we've had this con- this is one of the first conversations we had richard i think about tucked in shirts <laughs> or, or it was a, or it was about goatees or the same time both it may have been about both i you know i think it's fine to tuck in a t-shirt I, I'm aware of the mechanics of how you do it. I've I've done it before. Monica has often encouraged me to do a French tuck with a oh. t-shirt, uh, which is tuck. is interesting. I don't know that I can pull it off uh, either, but I feel like people oh, who I've cool. seen, I've seen people pull it off before, looking great. So I don't want to be too down on the tucked-in t-shirt, even if it's not for me. 
And for yeah. clarification, a, a French tuck is not a floppy tuck. It's more of like a half tuck, like one one side's left out. No, one that's, it's, oh, it's tucked yeah. in the front. Tucked in oh, the front, in the, not yeah. in the back. It is the okay. mullet of... It's the mullet oh. of shirt, uh, okay. like shirt fashion. Exactly. I forgot what okay. that was. I learned it from Queer Eye. That's right. Oh yeah. Um, <laughs> all right. All right. This is this is good. Also, um, I think watching this again, this is the second time I've seen this movie in the last, I think, six months. Hmm. Wow. And um, I, I will say that my favorite—I love Garth. But my favorite character in this movie is Russell. Is he the Russell, I love the, you? He's the yeah no he's the corporate engineer guy oh. who uh, ends up being a really okay dude. Yeah. Um, the first Played time you meet Kurt Fuller. Kurt, Kurt Fuller. Fuller. Yes. Oh my god. Uh, Wait, can I? If I may interject, um, George is uh, has been my friend since I was 15 years old. But he might him and his brother Dan probably have the most knowledge of character actors' names, people that you see in. Every single movie, and yeah, I just okay. wanted to mention that Mike Haggerty is also oh, in yeah. this film. Yeah, man. he's in both films. He's in we both watch. movies. He yes. is a. Yep. Yes. Um, you may recognize him from Cheers, from Friends. He is a taller man with a mustache. Is he tall? A Chicago man. He he always plays like a Chicago guy. A guy he's just a big guy. Yeah, he's a big guy. Great face with a mustache. I just wanted to mention that I was so excited to see Mike Haggerty, <laughs> whose name yeah. I now know every time I see him. Yeah, yeah, no, Mike Haggerty's great. Uh, but so yeah, uh, Kurt Fuller as Russell sort of subverts the um, his normal corporate scumbag stooge character and actually turns out to be a pretty okay dude. But the first time you see him meet Garth, he sees that Garth doesn't want to shake Rob Lowe's hand, and so he just points at him and says hi. Hmm. So he like kind of understands Garth's like boundaries. Yeah, I think that's pretty oh, wow. cool. Uh, is. Pretty progressive. And he does. So, sorry, I keep interrupting you, but I no, I no, no. We're, we're, we're um, yeah. do not apologize for having a conversation. <laughs> on the podcast. I also wanted, to, and also he is turned from the dark side later on in the movie, oh, yeah. um, where they just convince him basically to not stop them from uh, doing their uh, their mission, right? Which is um, uh, presaged by him using "not" in a conversation with uh, Rob Lowe. <laughs> so it's like he's already he's already working towards that um but yeah i i i just i have all these notes to just say i love russell russell yeah. um yeah, i, think I, car- I, I carved it on a tree out on my streets um Aww. yeah yeah the, also this, land okay go Sorry. ahead i was just gonna Are say you... that this movie the more times you watch it the more layers and the more like little things you can notice are yeah such as that there's so much, and I. Um, oh, go ahead. Go ahead, George. No, 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 no. Please. You guys I, are our, you. You know, you're on. our guests. You guys go. No, I'm. I really want to know what you have to say. Me as well. well I was. I was just going to ask if, uh, if Land, if you were a better drummer than Garth, or is Garth a better drummer? <laughs> you are. That's that's funny because while we were watching the big like Garth's big um, uh, drum solo scene in the guitar center, it's not a guitar center, but it's it's like a music shop. Um, it is as a drummer. I'm like that is not technically the best drum solo, <laughs> but he is doing it himself, which is impressive as an actor. Yeah, they're always like whenever there's an like impressive drum solo in a movie, it's just a lot of like very simple but kind of fast drum fills. Yeah, 
You can easily fake like an impressive drum solo by just doing a bunch of single strokes across the kit, as they call them. Um, but we, we were talking about how it makes such a big difference when actors actually know how to play an instrument. And like everyone in Cassandra's band is playing, like the drummer is playing what's happening. And it, it, you know, it makes a difference. Yeah. Um, all right, I think I've dicked around uh, enough. I should maybe <laughs> list my pick. Um, so, wait, what was it again? I, he's gonna say it. <laughs> I haven't said it yet. Okay, I'm sorry. God, live, live in the now. Um, I'm so, I'm so excited to see you guys that I'm very. Uh, I know it's just really I'm great. Like, I'm hyphy. I'm hyphy. <laughs> all, oh. all right, I haven't heard that in a while. <laughs> um, uh, I think that. This is like this is a really great movie, and uh, the ending makes me smile. I think I wrote down like what a great what a great ending for a movie. But I think did you write that down because you couldn't remember that just on your own? <laughs> yeah, the... yeah. It was a, a question mark. What a great ending for a movie, mm-hmm. and, uh, mm-hmm. and the answer is maybe this. Um, but I think all of the stuff where they're picking on Stacy is my least favorite. Especially mm, during the hockey yeah. scene where she okay. hits the card and goes over. I just think it's um, it's it's a little cruel. Uh, it's a little unfeeling, and um, I like that Cassandra calls Wayne out on his shit about that. That's a, mm. that's a great scene. Um, but yeah, that's that that always bugged me. It's like I don't know. I mean, like yeah, the gun rack thing is funny, but I I just I, I think it's a little it's a little mean. Yeah, I think you're. I could see what you're saying. It is. Yeah, go ahead. No, no, no. And it's like right in line with him making fun of his advertisers. It's like, like, you know, Wayne, you're kind of a dick. Wayne is a dick to Stacey. I was just gonna say, even though he is a dick, Laura Flynn Boyle does do a great job. Oh yeah. Uh, yeah. I I don't know. I can't think of another movie. I'm sure there are some I can't think of where she's like done a comedic role like that but she, she does a great job as she yeah and she's supposed yeah. to be undesirable but she is a, a hot mm-hmm. chick she's a she's a pretty girl and she does a great job of being um uh unlikable yeah and desperate mm-hmm. yeah yeah well richard this is the second laura flynn boyle episode we've had uh and this is also the second queen episode we've had mm-hmm. um Every episode we've done this this season has been connected to something else we've done this season. Yeah. In, in, yeah. What was the other queen up? Uh, Highlander. Which we just oh, recorded there... yesterday. What? Yeah. Oh, do you, do you want to live forever or that? They did a lot of music for that. Yeah, they did like the yeah. entire soundtrack for, oh, for that. I remember for Highlander? Wow. Yeah. Yeah. I know that. It's, it's great. Uh, all right. Really? I'm not aware of that. So... Uh-huh. I'll, I'll get right to it. My least favorite parts of this movie is when it shows meanness uh, mm. from our leads to other people, because for the most part, this is not a mean movie at all. Yeah. Um, before we get into that, the I, I brace myself when I see a movie made uh, <laughs> like earlier than like the past few years when there is a, an Asian character in it, mm-hmm. uh, that when they're surrounded by white people in a movie made by white people, that it's going to be a lot of like um, sort of Asian stereotype jokes, yeah. which this movie mostly manages to avoid. Tia Carrera is playing Most, a very strong mostly. character, and uh, she is 
it's mostly not commented upon, but right. but a few things. One, she is does not have uh, an accent uh, from Hong Kong because she is not from Hong Kong. She is from Hawaii, mm-hmm. so it is a it's 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 unnecessary to give her that. I mean, there are very funny scenes with them speaking Cantonese, which I don't think are problematic at all. But you could still do that even without her speaking with a made up accent that implies that she is from China when mm-hmm. she is when she is from Hawaii. So that but that's not really that's not a bad scene. That's just kind of there. And I don't think it affects her character. Her character is so good that that's not really relevant. Wayne makes a very lazy cream of some young guy yeah. joke, which is this movie is too good for that. Why are you you didn't write come up with yeah. that. You're that's just a that's just I an know. old dumb joke. Street joke. Yeah, yeah that, that would be better to have come out of uh, Rob Lowe's mouth than out mm-hmm. of Mike Myers' mouth cuz Mike Myers cuz uh, cuz Wayne is funnier than that. He's not he's he he wouldn't make that dumb of a joke probably. I know. It's interesting cuz like yeah, I also thought the same thing when I heard that joke and then and I was like, "Oh god." And then we were watching that sort of reunion clip from that Josh Gad show and someone meant they were talking about testing the movie and they mentioned that joke and they were like, "And I'd never seen such a strong reaction you know that i've seen in a like a test that i've seen after that cream of some some young guy joke and i was at first my brain went to like oh because people were like offended by it but they were like no the reaction (laughs) is that people laugh so hard that they had to leave more room uh in the editing process for people to laugh uh (laughs) like so long (laughs) after that joke was made i was like oh yeah it was like 92 people wouldn't have been like horrified by a joke like yeah, that. But yeah, yeah that yeah. also kind of was like oh god that that was not it, to me that is like not a great joke in, in this movie for no sure. no it's it's definitely not but that, that's a, but yeah. there's only a couple of moments like that where uh-huh. uh, yeah. you have to kind of be like uh when when it happens so the things i don't like i i do not like how mean they are to uh laura flynn boyle uh, just as you mentioned, George, uh, but she's great. Uh, she's great as that yeah. character. I, I love how quickly when Garth tells her you should just give up and get a boyfriend, how she immediately <laughs> adapts that strategy. Like she's clearly like thinking of how can I make this happen? And she takes that as an explanation of how to get Wayne back, not as a way yeah. to live her life. But Garth telling her that's how you get Wayne back. And I really like that. So that's not my that's not my worst. None of her scenes are my worst scene. Uh, I I don't like. Um, well, I'll just get actually to to my. I don't like Wayne has a no, not Wayne Garth has like a cattle prod or a mm. shock device, and he shocks someone who's in front of him, which is almost too forward uh, mm. for Garth to me that he uh, would take that kind of action so early in the movie against I, someone being I agree rude. With you on that? Yes. Yeah. No, I thought that I was like, he's going, he's gone too far on this yeah. one. Like he doesn't have to go. Right. He doesn't have to, you know, uh, uh, immobilize a guy with electricity. Yeah. Right. Definitely. Like, he, like if that happened in like the third act of the movie where it's like, oh, Garth got his comeuppance finally with this big bully. Yeah, sure. exactly. It just seems so sudden for, for him to do that. It's, it's definitely more like a third act thing where they're at a bar and that happens. And now Garth does that. Uh, but my least favorite scene is how mean they are uh, to their sponsor uh, by writing on the back of their cards because he hasn't really done anything to yes. earn that. I know that 
Again, it's not him who deserves that to happen. It's Rob Lowe. It's Rob Lowe who set up the show to be this way. The the guy running the arcade, which I feel like I feel like they would be I feel like Wayne and Garth would think it was cool that an arcade was sponsoring them. I think they would be into that to a certain degree. Not necessarily to have it on their sign. I understand that what it's frustrating and make you mad that you come in and your show now has a sponsored by this above your own names and you have to interview him first. But it's just so he's just like, Hey, I just want to say, come on down to my arcade, essentially, is all he says. It's not like he's trying to take over the show. Uh, he never tries to change their content. He's confused because he's old and dumb, but he's not, he never gets mad about anything they're doing and seems very happy when he sees the show. So, and, and the, and the commentary about him is not even very pointed. Just he has no dick. You got to be more, be funnier about it. Like say yeah. something that's not as mean because it makes me like Wayne less because I don't dislike Noah. I don't like him, but I'm not like, fuck that guy. He has an arcade. I hate him. It'd be better if he like owned a bank or something. That would make more sense from a, to be mad at him. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. And, this is their shot to make a little bit of money. And they yeah. were excited I, about signing the contract. Nothing yeah. that bad happened about signing the contract contract no and i i also felt but i don't know if either of you mentioned i think you mentioned the guy with the the suck haircut device i also mm. felt bad for him. i felt bad for him yeah what did, what did he do he other than do like wrong. taking time out of his day to go to their basement and show up on their little show absolutely um and very by the way very nice of wayne's parents to allow them to do this in, <laughs> in, in their basement it's a big production so well, I think now we've all chosen our worst scene in Wayne's World, which means we can go to intermission to take a break. Oh, and right. now, for our listeners, there will be 30 sweet minutes of silence to kick back <laughs> and relax minutes. and not. Uh, but no, we. I will obviously edit down any, any <laughs> silence that's here, right. just so you know. Okay, so let's go take a break. Back we'll be few, back in a few minutes. minutes. Um, for the listener just to take 30 minutes. For yeah, themselves. just. Exactly. They don't need to focus so much on one thing for this long. We're back. Ooh. Do you want to? Do you want to? So bring us back, George. So for anybody, anybody listening, we were gone for like twenty minutes just now. Yep. But for you, it's like nothing even happened. Nope. It's like you didn't even. You think we're just start talking as if we never left, but that's uh, that's yeah. just editing. That's didn't happen in reality. If we magic. hadn't called it out, you would have no idea. Yep. Think about how think about how you're being manipulated in other places too. And not just by this podcast, but by the world around you. Damn, makes me think. Yeah. George, why don't you bring us back to the uh well we're gonna now we're gonna talk about our second movie, um, and that is Stuart Saves His Family. Now I've prepared a statement. Uh, <laughs> feel free to feel free to interrupt me once I'm done reading this. Okay. Because once I get started, I can't stop. Uh, just like me uh, eating potato chips. Um, all right, Stuart saves his family. So um, Al Franken has an impressive, a very impressive resume. Uh, he's had two stints as an SNL uh, at SNL as both a performer and a writer. Uh, he's one half of the comedy duo Franken and Davis. He's had collaborations with the Ruddles, Paul Simon, Steve Martin, The Grateful Dead. Uh, he's a humorist, uh, an author, a uh, panelist, uh, a former junior senator, and a one-time presidential hopeful. Uh, he's also the creator of Stuart Smalley, the star of the uh, film Stuart Saves His Family. Uh, Stuart uh, is easily Franken's best-remembered SNL character. Um, Stuart Smalley is a self-help devotee 
he's also a public access star and a beautiful but fragile soul. Uh, in the wake of the massive box office success of Wayne's World, which we were just talking about, it seemed like a great idea to just start cranking out movies based on beloved SNL sketch characters. Um, so they did. So um, some of them didn't work out. Actually, a lot of them didn't work out. Uh, while this was not as devastating a flop as its pat, as we just talked about earlier, um, Stuart Saves His Family was a giant disappointment, especially given the fact that it was directed by Harold Ramis, a comedy mm. legend. Mm. Mm. Um, <laughs> I mean, it's, uh, this movie made less than $1 million in the U.S. box office, which is crazy. I don't know. A million dollars just seems like a very, very low baseline. Uh, so based on the back-to-back flops of this, and also the flop of Wayne's World 2, which I really wasn't aware of, Coneheads did slightly better. Um, Saturday Night Live pumped the brakes on future releases, and one can only imagine uh, how close we came to a Rich Meister movie or a series of Cantina Boy films. Um, but <laughs> despite the dreadful <laughs> box office... Um, there are some critics who did come to the aid of Stuart Saves His Family, uh, notably Siskel and Ebert, who both gave it a thumbs up. Hmm. Um, I'll say that instead of rehashing every joke from every daily affirmation sketch, Stuart Saves His Family does something unexpected. It sidesteps the SNL movie tropes and becomes something of a genuine, bittersweet family drama. So... Stuart Saves His Family is good enough, smart enough, and doggone it, I like it. <laughs> now let's, uh, let's talk about okay. what you guys like about Stuart Saves His Family. That's a great intro. <laughs> <laughs> that was really yeah, great. Good job, George. Thank you, George. I, 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 I feel things deeply. <laughs> this, yes, you do. This, just wanted this to make is, sure I had a recording of that. This is another film that I, I think plays well now. Mm-hmm. Like it's genuinely, it's like a film version. It's like they made an episode of Intervention mm-hmm. into a movie, uh, almost. It's It takes 12-step programs very seriously. It does not mock them. Uh, Stuart is legitimately like a good life coach. He's great at his job. I think he would do well on TV just as a as a therapist if he was if he was working right now like it's almost ahead of its time in talking about like uh trauma and problems uh, in a way we do now instead of just as like a funny character on a, on a show in fact the probably part of the problem with this movie is it is almost just too nice uh it's just <laughs> too nice i would say but i it, it is very it as just like an examination of people dealing with issues, I think it's good. Yeah, I I also had that thought that like this movie is more because now I feel like we're living in a time where people are like very open with talking about mental health and like their experiences with like trauma and their families and. I think that Stuart Smalley would be more like a more accepted um, like figure and maybe TV show host now than he might have been then. Um, and I 
was watching this as someone who like this wasn't my era of SNL um with like I didn't like grow up watching the character Stuart Smalley and like I did go into the movie feeling like hopeful that I would like the movie um I felt hopeful too yeah it started I felt hopeful and I um and then as it was playing I was like what what is this movie trying to do exactly? Because I was like, okay, Stuart is going to like save his family through some kind of crisis. And I was like, okay, then they have this, you know, they ha- this Stuart is like the black sheep of his family. They're a bunch of like, you know, alcoholics, you know, Vincent D'Onofrio, the brother and his dad. And it's like a whole mess. They're trying, he's trying to help them with this housing issue where like they're trying to cash out on this, house that needs to be sold from their aunt that died and then it's like okay that I didn't feel like that got totally resolved and then it like kind of then devolved into like the intervention issue it didn't feel like it had a typical like structure to the movie which yeah. just kind of threw me off I was like okay I it, it yeah it just like the structure of the movie felt all over the place and didn't feel like a typical like three act movie which I feel like just threw me off a little bit and like Richard was saying I feel like it did honor the what the 12 step program is and what like how and and members of Al-Anon because I guess this character was based on the fact that Al Franken was an Al-Anon because his wife was an alcoholic Hmm. Um, and I thought that part was great but there were times when I was like okay is this like a comedy or is it because it when <laughs> what's that actress's mm-hmm. name like Laura Sandia oh yeah right yeah right from, from like pretty yeah. woman yeah shoot me of just, just shoot, shoot me, me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah and then like she's like she has that very it she had that scene which was just like it was so one of those scenes that I was like taken out of because I was like oh this is her fucking scene where she's just gonna like act the crap out of this scene where she's talking about meeting her biological father for the first time and oh my god and then she was like oh you know mm-hmm. you know and i was i never met my dad and then i found out that he was this person and we met for dinner and then her dad ended up like coming on to her and i was like what the fuck is this <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah i agree this yeah this is not this is not a comedy this is much no. more of like an indie drama about a really fucked up family and it's, yeah. it's kind yeah. of wonderful that nothing is really resolved at the end with his family it's like well maybe Which is realistic. Like a little bit of hope yeah he doesn't yeah, save his family he yeah. doesn't it, yeah. yeah, which I thought was realistic, but like the whole movie went beyond my expectations of like what I know to be an SNL movie. This wasn't like a superstar <laughs> yeah, yeah. with Molly Shannon or yeah. anything. Yeah, yeah, this is no oh, Night at the Roxbury. No, no, I I totally agree. the The problem with this movie is, especially if you compare it to something like Wayne's World, which has a similar plot, which involves a public access show. Right. Um, Boy, I missed that. I missed pro- public access. I know. Uh, the problem with this movie is that he's uh, going to be canceled by his boss. And that's not how wait, public wait, that's act- not how public access works. <laughs> as they, they address this in Wayne's World when they're worried that they're going to get canceled. And they're like, oh, wait, we're on public access. <laughs> right. We can't be canceled. Right. I, but then I guess. Although maybe like, it's local access because local right. access is. Okay. okay. You Actually, have- okay. Yes. Yeah. Cable yeah. access. Th- there's whatever, like yeah. community access, which is like what we 
what we know as public access, which is like you take a class right. to use equipment and you create a show. But then there also is cable access, which is like yeah. public access is like PBS, where people do, I think, are paid to make their shows and are like uh, supported okay. by donors yeah. and people right. who support. So let's just, we'll there's, just there's say, a difference. We'll say that there's that's what Stuart Saves His Family is. Well, yeah. For, okay. If we're saying it's for, that, then it does make sense. But yes, it does forget to be a comedy about halfway through. Um, like, uh, Wayne's World is a comedy throughout. Like, every oh, yeah. scene is set up to have a joke in it or some memorable, yeah. funny thing to laugh at. This yeah. movie Wayne's forgets World, was like, to do that. Yeah, it does. Right. Because I, I think that I think it's using comedy as just like um, the entry point to like getting people interested in, in what it really is. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, like as an it's like an indie drama like this is, you know, sort of a successful movie, maybe. Yeah. And you know what? I did like appreciate there was a lot of kindness in this movie, like between like Stuart did have his friends were really sweet to him when he was going through a crisis and then they would come over and talk him down. And I guess mm-hmm. they were all part of his, what was that group that, well, I guess that one actress was his sponsor for, right. Oh wait, I'm so sorry. My mom's calling me. There's like a fire near her house. Yeah, Can her I house, answer this? We, should, we should answer this. Yeah. Let's take a, let's it's take fine. a break. We'll do that. Take a moment. Mom. Yeah, so in the Pacific Palisades where uh, Vive's mom, Mickey, lives, yeah. there is a fire. Uh, it's raging mm-hmm. out of control. It was set by an arsonist, apparently. That's yeah. kind of just, cool. have you heard about this? Yeah, I saw, I saw it. Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah. Do we do we need to get like a release from your mom so we can use that audio in this? Yeah, no, so she, just she like, just like... She doesn't know what a podcast is. <laughs> Perfect. Because <laughs> yeah, yeah, Stuart saves his... Like we left, Stuart saves his family, goes away from comedy to get into family drama, and then we've done the same thing here. It's, yep. it's perfect. Yep. Tied it all together. Yep. <laughs> all right, so, where were we at? <laughs> okay, what were we talking about? We're just we were like talking... rambling through. We're yeah. Cable access. Cable. <laughs> yeah, we're getting to the nitty gritty of how cable access works. On the air works. I used to work um, in public access. Mm-hmm. Land and I always wanted to do a public access show. We we wrote one, um, oh, a lot of God. late nights, yeah, like diner coffee should've, and should have done it. Our, our original idea for Tubin, a show mm-hmm. that we streamed over UStream. Great show. Uh, thank you. It is a great uh, show. I... Oh, thanks. But I think we originally wanted to do that on public access, but then we were too. It was just easier. We were too shy to like go to the studio. You could just give them. Commitment was give them the tape too. That's right. We were thinking of, uh, of just fuck. giving them a tape. That's right. Yeah. We, we just reminded but us. Also, we should have done that. We also <laughs> got really... I, I wrote some really ambitious stuff where it's like, how do we do that? And now yeah. we can just do it. Now it's just built into right. our, our phones and our laptops. Yeah. But then it's like, how do we do a thing where there's like a forest fire behind us? So topical. Um, mm. there, was, there was a thing where we would have to like do a thing. Land and I were both going to get the taxi driver Mohawk. And we'd be like, taxi driver roommates... You were both gonna be like Travis Bickles. Travis Bickles, yeah. But we'd take turns. The funniest part that I think George wrote was we you know the part where he's like uh holding his hand over the flame of the Yeah, he's got his fist in the in the fire. Yeah, the fist. And we'd like take 
we'd take shifts on that. Like yeah. one guy would. <laughs> oh, like yeah. it's one so, roommate so, who's like using the kitchen to like. Yeah, yeah. Poker. So, so, yeah. so it's like so I'm I've got my hand in the flame, and then Land comes in, and, and I say like, oh, how's your day? Like, oh, not bad, not bad. Blah blah blah. And then like I was like, oh, I'll take over, and then he like moves in, in into the flame, and I go off to do something else. So. Yeah. <laughs> but you know we, Boy, we got a we got a lot of stuff done still make with, with Tubin. We should. Yeah. We could do it. We, we'll, uh, do, yeah. we'll do a Tubin reunion. Uh, Thirty. We get, a, get Josh Gad to host. Yeah, yeah that's great. That's great. <laughs> you should get a um, Josh Gad impersonator in the street. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be really we, neat. Really is, 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 is Josh Gad on cameo? Could we get him to do like a cameo thing where and he's then just... you could just like stitch him into a fake Zoom yeah. call? Yeah, and, and like... we could then do it on just cameo and just have him say like, like have like a paragraph yeah. with like three hundred different words in it, so we can string them all together and, and then we order yeah. them like to say whatever we wanted or, to say. Like one or two celebrity guests like chime in, like Joan Jett or um, I don't know the Micro Machines guy or something. <laughs> <laughs> I, I guess someone made a movie like that. They like kind of gave people on cameo yeah. different lines to say, really? and they yeah, they made some they made a whole plot out of uh, cameos they paid for. I, I gotta watch. I forget. There's this one documentary filmmaker or filmmaker who was he was having trouble like coming up with the second thing, and he like just got a bunch of not cameos, but like when you actually have the conversation with somebody. I guess it's cameo. Um, so it's just people the like, same thing. yeah, people like rooting him. Maybe we're talking about the same movie. I anyway. know we might be. That it just goes so, to show how interesting Stuart saves his family is that we're talking <laughs> oh, about. No, we're, we're about, talking about like public access. Like, yeah, I mean, it, that, that is. Yeah, like, we came back to public access. Connection. I also did also, a public access show. I went for training ooh, in, in Knoxville, know. Tennessee. I learned how to use the equipment. It was called Better Than Static, and uh, I did it with oh, a. I was a in name. high school, and. Uh, did it so I could hang out with the girl I liked in high school who also wanted to have a public access show. That's a great motivator. I know, that's how I ended up doing so. That's why I ended up taking harmonic lessons in high school. <laughs> <laughs> because I liked a boy who, who learned harmonic. Like, you're, you're madly in love with John Popper. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, there were... I worked at a public access station in Olympia, Washington, and the people you'd meet, oh boy, very interesting crowd. Oh, um, the people you'll meet. Oh, the people oh, you'll meet. Yeah. I mean, I'm pretty sure that uh, Dr. Seuss wrote that after his one year working in a public access station. Yeah. Um, and he dedicated it to Francine Dancer, who's <laughs> LA public access. Remember, yes, I know Francine Dancer is. Yeah. Yeah. There's some great shows on LA Public Access. Oh man! Um, yep. Mm-hmm. There's a great show called Fox that because uh, sometimes they would take shows from. You guys would love this show. Yeah. It What's was, it called? It's called Pox. P O X. It was actually like because sometimes they would take a show from another. This it was actually taken from New York Public Access, and then I think Ooh. like whoever made it, they just started broadcasting it on LA Public Access. But me and my friends, our friend, were obsessed with the show Pox, and it was this like kind of satanic character who would go into the world and do these like everyday things. It would be this like oh. satanist like taking a yoga class or something. But I I thought it was, oh. it was so funny. I, that sounds great to me. It, it has H. John Benjamin in it. What? Oh, Jesus Christ. Wait, Pot? Yeah. 
Really? Yeah. Oh my god. Wow. Oh, nice. Love that. That's, I had no idea. That's amazing. Wow. Okay. Um, so we're talking about public access, and yeah. it is fitting that we're going into this detail because, again, we are doing two movies that are about public access or local access or cable access. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I we, do. How do we start th- talking about Stuart saves his family? Oh, let George That's speak. The <laughs> Sorry. Well, no, no. It's I, I'll say that. I mean, YouTube doesn't have the same like panache or um, just tactile feeling that public access does. Yes. I think that if you look at the the daily affirmation sketches on SNL and in this movie, there's two things. Like one, it's really accurate, and two, uh, he's got some really good sweaters. Mm. Yes, there's some really good sweaters in this movie. Um, also, uh, speaking of it's Pat, Julia Sweeney is terrific yes. in this movie. Yes. yes. Absolutely um, perfect. Uh, I'm not apologizing for for loving her performance in this. Am I right? She's I the thought. best part of the movie. Wait, wait, wait. She's, oh. it's no spoilers. Well, I'm not going to say scene. We haven't gotten to the best. The no, best it's scene, okay. I mean, we can we can but... kind of noodle around it. Okay. There's also some good chaos in this movie, and um, I, I'm I'm actually not totally sure what my pick is for best scene. Hmm. It's really early in this conversation, but um. But it is just so strange watching this again. I remember when I saw this the first time, this was such a big failure. It seemed toxic, and I just didn't want to touch it. And I think my brother, Dan, who's been on this show before, um, will be probably on the episode that happened before this one. Yeah. Alternate Earth that, is on the episode. He, he voiced, alternate Earth, he would voice yeah. both of us. Right. Alternate Earth Dan. Um, you can find him on IMD Bat. Um, but... He, uh, this will all make sense in the fullness of time. I'm, I'm serious. Uh, <laughs> I'm just for the listeners, this will make sense as this is a reference yeah, to other yeah. things. If, that you're, if, you're, if you're listening to this sequentially, this makes sense. But it, um, but uh, he he loved this movie. He said that I should watch it, and I ended up watching it. And you know, I um, I was uh, like a, a punk kid, and and. Um, all that stuff. I saw Wayne's World with my girlfriend, and we were smoking cigarettes and uh, all that You're so stuff. Cool, George. I was really cool. I was in a punk band when I was fourteen. Um, oh, this is that we, we were George Cool Hour that we're doing. We now. Were, like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> was that flat? Was Flatface when you were fourteen? I guess yeah. Name. We started when, but we became like we became decent when I was fifteen. Okay. Wow. Good I band names. I didn't know you were so young. Uh, boy, I didn't either. Then I started doing, doing the math, and it's like, God, okay. But um, but when I saw this, it's like I really was a sucker. Like I I, I am a softy uh, at heart. I cry sometimes at commercials. Like there's a certain period where all of a sudden, um, sorry, there's a car doing some really weird farting sounds outside of my house. It's like a dune buggy. Some cat activity as well. <laughs> cool. Yeah, there's like somebody revving a dune buggy outside of my house, which is great in the middle of the city. Um, but uh, I, I am a sucker for uh, for emotion. I think I mentioned earlier that I feel things deeply. <laughs> uh, it's on record. That's <laughs> uh, just need I need that to get my certificate as a human. Um, <laughs> but I, I I I think I really. I really do connect with this movie. It, it, it's it's nice. I like that it's nice, and um, I don't know. 
uh, I think I got us away from our rambling about public access. So uh, what do you guys think? What's your favorite scene in this? Well, going back to like the sweaters, I thought that like yes. visually, this was a, this was a good looking movie, like color wise, and uh-huh. just like it was a nice movie to look at. Um, Same and... director as uh, Groundhog Day. Okay. Yeah, Harold wow. Ramis. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Duh. Um, and I agreed that I liked that it was nice, and I liked that it was like a representation of someone who cares about emotional well-being and having boundaries and having boundaries from your like dysfunctional family and i i thought that was a good representation to have in a movie um and yeah i couldn't again like what what i was saying earlier it was like after a while i i kind of struggled to like follow the thread of the movie i was like okay um what is this trying to be and where is it going but there were moments that i liked like i definitely you know talking about being emotionally invested in the movie i was definitely like emotionally invested and maybe i'll just say that this is my best scene in the kitty stop maybe i'll (laughs) say this is my best scene in the movie which is when there's the flashback to when he enters the contest to um Mm. Yeah, <laughs> there's a cat making a lot of sounds, uh, almost as if she knows. <laughs> yeah, she knows. <laughs> that we're recording a podcast. Um, yeah. What is it? It's like it's some contest he's, that Stewart is entering when he's a kid to what? What is the name it's supposed like to be a, for? Like a cleaning product? It's for what is it for? So um, cleans a lot. I know. Right. That's what. That's what he. What's decides. the product? And what is, is the it, product? Oh man. Uh, yeah, I forget. Is it but cascade? It's, it's like a, yeah, it's yeah. like Cascade Ajax or something. Or Mr. No, it's not Mr. Clean. No, One of those. Cascade or Ajax. Product and it's like it has to do with like medieval something. So he thinks yeah. of the name for like the a knight character in this like kind of cleaning product commercial scenario. And he thinks of the name Sir Cleans a lot, which I was like, that's a, such a great idea. I really wanted him to win, even oh, though yeah. I knew he was gonna lose. And I was like that's such a good name and like i it reminded me of a time when i sent something into nickelodeon to and i wanted my name to be on the tv screen there was like this um on nickelodeon when i was a kid there was a character called like stick stickly who was a popsicle stick character and you could send (laughs) in your own popsicle stick character and if it was like if you sent it in, your, like, name would flash on the screen briefly, and, like, I sent mine in, and my name wasn't, didn't flash on the screen, and I was, like, really sad. So I was watching it, and I was like, oh, I, like, know what this feels like. Mm -hmm. And so then, in the movie, he loses to someone who, who, like, their name for the knight character is Sir Lancelot, which I don't even understand how that could possibly win, because there's nothing clever about that at all. Um, Maybe it's like that the whole world sucks. Like, the whole world is uh, made up of, like, dumbasses, and... uh... Yeah, exactly, and it was, yeah, I I was disappointed and I felt for Stuart, and yeah, that was a moment in the movie where I was at the least emotionally invested. I want to cut in real quick. I ha- I also took part in a uh, big uh, 
global naming contest uh, when Shira, like Shira, was announced. Or no, was it Shira or was it no? It was Gem. Gem and the Holograms was announced. Oh, okay. And this thing went out to like all these elementary schools. Like, oh, you can send in your designs for what you think that Gem should look like. And I was like, oh, well, she's an extraterrestrial uh, rock and roll singer. So I like made this like green lady with like fishnets. Who's like sort of like a mid '80s Tina Turner with fishnet stockings and green huge, skin. Huge knockers. <laughs> <laughs> I don't, I don't know that I did that, but uh, <laughs> we'll, we'll go with that. Okay. Um, and I did, but but then like I didn't win, and it's like oh, I, mean, I was like the design is okay, but I think mine's better. Oh man, my my green lady with fishnets. Um, yeah, sorry, I don't even consider Gem an alien. It wasn't like projected that she was an alien. Yeah, I think that they 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 kind of backpedaled on that. So mm-hmm. a lot of us kids who submitted. Um, extraterrestrial gem designs uh, kind of got the short shrift. Short shrift? That's out, That's outrageous, George. Truly, truly outrageous. Truly, truly. <laughs> okay. That's all I wanted to say. <laughs> all right. Is that, uh, your, is that your best scene, Aviva? It sounds like we... That's my best That's your Perfect. best scene. All right, land. Okay, I will, I will say my best scene. First, let me say that Stuart Smalley, the character on SNL, uh, came out when I was about 13, like Wayne's World. I didn't, I had never been to therapy at the time. I was uh, 13 years old. It didn't quite connect with me, but I knew that he did the thing in front of the mirror. I think you were like 16. No, no, no. It's it's not 95. No, no. It's it's around the same time as Wayne's World. Oh, it is? Yeah. Yeah. And like, just like Wayne's World, it had been on SNL for a few years before it became a movie. Yes. So, but I, I remember the character. I'm good enough. I'm smart enough, etc. And it never really resonated with me as I. Mm-hmm. But I, seeing it now, I actually I was like, all right, this is this is ahead of its time as far as like how everyone like therapy and being open with your uh, your I don't know your problems is more yeah. in vogue. Everyone's uh, everyone's foul. Everyone's fallible. Like no one is perfect. Yeah, so I, I definitely enjoyed parts of this movie. Um, but I'm, I'm going to say that my favorite scene was the scene where Julia Sweeney is on his show. It's kind of like a, he's saying, I am a worthy oh, yeah. human being, to contrast, uh, we're not worthy, I am worthy. This right, was the right. only time I noticed Vive uh, laugh during this movie. You know? <laughs> I laughed too. There was actually like some jokes to laugh at. Um, I don't remember exactly what was said, but I remember liking this scene, and that's going to be my favorite scene. Yeah, no, it's really good. It's um, he's breaking her down, like or, or like trying to get her to like stop using a question mark. Yes, uh, it's great. Yeah, that w- that was uh, the best scene as far as I'm concerned. Fantastic. And you or me? Who goes? Who goes now? I think since you introed, introed, you'll go last on this one. So okay. I'll, I'll jump in. I'll 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 start talking. So there are some emotional scenes which I really appreciate. The scene with Julia with "Shoot Me" of "Just Shoot Me," uh, she she really does go for it. I I got a little teary eyed when they were talking about mm-hmm. it. It felt like an actual dramatic film, not a comedy. But I did watch this for it to be a comedy, and it is rarely that. So my best scenes are comedy scenes, and there are really only a few parts of it that are that made me laugh. 
um, and one scene where I hoped it was going to, and then it didn't. So first, when they were talking about how alcoholism had killed all the men in his family, and it killed them <laughs> because they were falling off roofs, I thought that was a surprise. That was funny, because they were all alcoholics yeah. who went on the roof to change out a fence or cut some cut some branches, yeah. and they died as a result of doing something stupid instead of... And then- and then uh what's his name Vincent D'Onofrio says like hey dad let's go up on the roof and uh change out yep. the screen window yeah yeah that's great and then Stuart has a dream later where his dad falls from a roof and then he catches him and that's that was such a that was such a sad scene mm-hmm. um especially since he doesn't catch his father in this movie mm-hmm. something I appreciate he yeah. realizes he can't fix his parents and he doesn't go home for Christmas he f- focuses on himself instead I like that. There's one. So there was actual, there's very little like drama. I mean, it's a dramatic film with some sadness, but there's very little conflict that ever comes up uh, until you get close to the end. But the first time there's conflict when they have a burial scene where uh, they're being stopped from burying their aunt. uh, And his mom mentions making ham. And then the the guy, the other guy's like, that ham wasn't quality. I yeah, laughed that was, that a little was not bit at a quality ham. that was not a quality ham that I, I liked that that was kind of Joe, funny Joe Flaherty the great uh, SCTV comment that was I, I I enjoyed that not my best scene but but I did like it there's a scene where Stuart is in a bar and the guys want to make him drink for some reason and he refuses mm-hmm. and I was hope I was like now he's gonna convince all these people to talk about their problems and that'll be kind of funny oh, that would have been good but and it, it would be similar to something that happens in elf when all the right. rough people working in the mailroom uh, are overtaken by the joy from right. from Will Ferrell and they sit around and talk and hang out and have fun I thought that Stuart was gonna do that he's so good right. too and then or it just didn't he, happen or in, like Kiwi's Big Adventure with the bikers. Yeah. Yes, like that. That's fun. That's nice. It teaches you something about how good the character is at what they do. Instead, they just have like a mild bar fight, and that's and it just ends. Which is much more realistic. Yeah. Which is much more realistic. It is more realistic. Like, this yeah. movie does have realistic all of, things. All of the choices that the movie makes are much more on the realism side as opposed to the like magical comedic side. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I also <laughs> thought that scene was going to go and. In that direction, or I thought it was going to yeah. be a scene yeah. where, he... and it leads you. It like it definitely leads you to thinking like like oh oh they're about to like have a revelation like oh nope sure. Or I thought it was going to be some scene where he takes the drink, cut to him getting wasted with Vincent D'Onofrio. Uh... They and the other people at the bar they are bonding and like actually having some you know, like brother to brother bonding moment. But they did, and then have they a died in a car brother... crash. Yeah yeah yeah. Or <laughs> right. But they did have that bonding moment in the other way where Vincent D'Onofrio stands up yeah. for him, I guess. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Yeah. But my, so the character on SNL, you know, it was funny that he says, I'm good enough, I'm smart enough, and doggone mm-hmm. it, people like me. But the conceit of the character is that the guest host would come on the show and uh, Stuart would talk them through it. And it'd be funny because he might be talking them through something that had happened to them in real life and making fun right. of them in that way by trying to help them get over it. Uh, Charles Barkley hosted SNL and he kind of mocked him for not winning a championship through trying to walk him through. And that's a funny thing. Right. And there's only one scene in which Stuart has someone on his show and that is the whole conceit of the fucking sketch. And that is when Julia Sweeney goes yeah. on his first episode. Uh, there's a reason that the Health Network wanted to show show it twice. And that's because it was good. 
And so that was my favorite scene, just like how I agreed with Land earlier. Yes. I'm agreeing again. Well, the best scene is Julia Sweeney on Stewart's show. Because uh, she 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 did a great job with her character uh, just in general, too. It actually felt like um, she grew during the yeah. during the mm-hmm. movie. So that's my favorite scene. Yeah. Wow. I agree. Wow. <laughs> you guys have doubled up twice. Yep. Um I, I the w- one thing I want to point out I, I love that they use the um, same intro from the SNL sketch with voiceover by dearly departed Phil Hartman. Um, it's just like oh man, Phil Hartman, he was the oh, best. Man. Can I, I? I just wanted to say that it, it reminded me of Deep Thoughts, which is my favorite. Oh yes. in, in the world, yes. I love yeah. Jack Handy. My cats yes. are named Flippy and Hambone because of Jack yeah. Handy. But... <laughs> yeah. Yeah. This movie starts out with a Jack Handy esque intro with like the same type of graphic, but it's just like uh, the jokes aren't quite there. There's a little disappointing. Yeah, I don't think that this thing cares about the jokes. It really doesn't. No, no, no. Uh, I also I love that the the soundtrack is very much like a like early '60s cocktail music, you know, kind of lounge mm-hmm. music sound, which is one of my favorite uh, genres. Uh, God. <laughs> why, true. why why say words out loud <laughs> well, um but I, I mean i do get why this wasn't I, I do get why this wasn't a hit this is a very weird movie uh, i think it's it's deeply uh weird and it's really between two genres so my my i don't have a very profound pick i think i just picked the thing that made me laugh. i love the um is it the god is it the, the walk jog or whatever he's like when he's trying to get into shape Oh yeah, uh, that <laughs> that was that was funny. That was like, but I, I it I seems like that would be that. harder to do than right. just jogging. Definitely. Right. I don't know if you guys have seen um, Doctor Detroit, but uh, Dan Efron does that that race walking, hmm. um, the, the speed walking, and it's very funky looking. When I was a kid, I thought it was the funniest thing in that movie. When I was a kid, because I didn't understand prostitutes or pimps, um, and uh, you know who does when you're eight um but i understood how weird it looked for dan Eckert to race walk uh, i think race walk sounds wrong yeah yeah i don't like speed that. walk speed walk it's better yeah jesus christ <laughs> oh man uh so uh, my picks are very weird I, I i love the dad it's uh harris yolen or yulen i'm not sure how to pronounce it um Another classic character actor. Uh, he's in one of my favorite movies, uh, Training Day, which um, mm-hmm. Denzel won the Best Actor while Land and I were sleeping on a bench in Milan. Mm, um, yeah. <laughs> oh, the one Oscars you missed. <laughs> the one Oscar. Awesome. That's right. That's right. Thank you. Uh, just keeping track. Yeah, I am. I, I appreciate that. So I love when they go to fight the um, the neighbor who is played by Land. Who's the neighbor played by? In the flashback, um, uh, Haggerty, Mike Haggerty, Mike Haggerty. Um, Harris Yolen says, "Maybe you'd like to pick on someone with pubic hair," and it's just such a bizarre line. Um, so I, 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 I picked that. <laughs> I, I love this. I, I love this movie, and I just wanted to pick like just a random moment that I thought was really bizarre. But I, I, I do genuinely like this movie. I think that this could in a different direction could be like um, something that people would cry watching. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I, I like it. 
Uh, and also, I think that if this was more of an aggressively holiday-centric film, this could be one of those uh, weirdo holiday picks. Like, you oh, know, yeah. when you're done watching that. Elf and all that, you go to this movie. That's a good. So, that's a good point. Yeah, they mentioned Christmas. They mentioned Thanksgiving, but um, yeah, yeah. If I they mean, if I, they had a bit more Christmas in this, this could also almost become a holiday classic. Mm-hmm. Something heartwarming. If it just had an extra ten minutes of Christmas in it, that could work. But I tell you, when Vincent D'Onofrio shows up at the end, that that's nice. That was it's very really sweet. nice. And I, I mean, I love that. Like they don't, they they can't close the loop on the dad. It just. Mm-hmm. And that there's no, there's never really a big blow up. It's just sort of a medium blow up, and even that is sort of aborted. It, like that's real. Like you're never going to have a really big blow up with your family. That's that's just in a movie. So, so like a movie being, uh, it's just weird that it's this is an SNL movie. It's so and weird. It's, yeah, it's, it's a really fucking bizarre movie. When when you but when I, you just said it. they can't close the loop on the dad, it just makes me think of Looper, and oh, like right, he's, like right, his younger right. self is supposed to come shoot him, um, right. but they couldn't right. pull it off. They couldn't close the loop on the dad. Right, like, like the, the like the younger Stuart Smalley goes to Al Franken and is like, shouldn't have taken uh-huh. that picture uh-huh. on that. Uh... <laughs> no, yep. I yeah. I'm sorry. Uh, <laughs> this is uh that's, yeah, yep. Yeah, that's the uh, excuse me. Excuse no, that's that's very good. That's very good. We're going to discuss this off off mic. Uh. <laughs> so, um, speaking of discussing something else on mic, it's now time that we choose uh, what we consider to be better. The each of us, the worst scene in the good movie, or the best scene in the bad one. And uh, Wayne's World, Wayne's World, <laughs> Wayne's World for Aviva. All right, we're seen. Okay, land. <laughs> I'm also gonna have to go Wayne's World. I, if you recall, I picked when he's making fun of his advertiser. Yep. This is nonetheless a classic part of the Wayne's World movie, even though it kind of rubs me the wrong way. Now it's still part of the Wayne's World film, and that's gonna beat out. Uh, you know, a, a fun, respectable scene with uh, Julia Sweeney in Stuart Seuss's family. Great. George? Uh, so I've got the pubic hair versus uh, being mean to Stacy. I'm going pubic hair. Pubic hair all day <laughs> okay. long. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and, and I'm going to... Because it made me nostalgic for watching for watching the, the sketch with Charles Barkley specifically with Stuart mm-hmm. Smalley on SNL. I'm going to give it to Stuart Smalley um, just a slightly ahead of that one scene in Wayne's World. The only thing that I'll rank above anything in Wayne's World from, from this movie. Oh. So what that means is yeah. that we didn't agree uh, as a group on on anything. Now, normally, if we were to agree, everybody listening would have a chance to get a sure. free item from our sponsors. You might get a free, oh. bur- you might get a free Big Mac at McDonald's from participating McDonald's. And mind you, you have to figure out which ones are participating based on your own. Uh, you know, you have to go in and ask and see if they're participating or not. They sometimes, they often are not. I can't say when they do, but that means. But today, we didn't agree on anything, which means you owe us something. Uh, yeah. You owe us money, as we did not yeah. agree. Please go ahead, George. Well, no, I think that you and Land agreed on the scenes that you both mm, liked that's true. or didn't like. 
So there's so, some agreement, means, so we can't we can't force people but, to send us send us. But money. I, I think that so they should send us a a double double because no, that's mm. it's just two, a, two. oh that's a two two. You got to send us a you got to send us a please mail us uh, to In and Out. Uh, just use the closest In and Out in San Francisco mm. as the address. Uh, please mail us a double double. I don't know why you'd mail it to the In and Out, but that's just how it works. It's just how it sets up with our sponsors. Right. Please mail us a double double from In and Out to that In and Out at Fisherman's Wharf in San Francisco, and we'll pick it up. Yeah. We have a PO box at that in and out, so yeah, that's uh, that's where I get all my mail. So please send so, it there. And once what? once we get what? that land, we'll send you yours. So is this coming from an in and out in like uh, Chicago or something, and it's being sent in the mail to San Francisco? Yeah, wherever or? wherever the listener is. If there's no in and out near you, you don't owe us anything. We understand yep. that oh, wait, makes it no impossible in to in get Chicago. It. What am I talking about? In and outs only right. on the West Coast. But oh, but for people know. listening in LA or in other places, <laughs> you or, because or Vegas. We've given you so much every time we've agreed uh, that mm-hmm. you owe us something now. So yeah. please mail that to us. Yeah, look, like we don't have a Patreon account yet, so um, give us a double double. Yeah, you gotta make and, a Patreon. All right, you got to. You got to do that. All right. I mean, it's a, I want in ten years for the entire world economy to just be all of us on Patreon, mm-hmm. uh, subscribing to each other's creative endeavors. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. It's like I need a Patreon to help cover like the other podcasts that I'm spending money on. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Cool. Anyway, fun. Sorry, I was crafting a tweet about PO boxes. <laughs> oh, all right, all right. It's terrific, terrific, perfect. Please. So, as in our closing, then let's. Um, <laughs> I would like to encourage people to go see that tweet about PO boxes. Where can they find it, Aviva? Mm-hmm. Um, you can find it uh, on my Twitter at Live in La Viva Loca to uh, describe the tweet. I said that I call my butt my PU box. Oh my like, god! <laughs> because it stinks. <laughs> all right, please. <laughs> Please do not like that tweet. <laughs> Please go check that tweet out. <laughs> um, and it's so also you you two have a podcast. To talk about it, and like promote oh, it real quick. I don't mind if I do. It's called Ad Wizards, uh, and it's all about commercials. And um, it's about the the commercials stuck in your head from your childhood. And it's mostly like. 90, 80s, 90s commercials, bad local commercials. Yeah, sometimes early 2000s. Um, sometimes early 2000s. But you can listen to it pretty much anywhere. Spotify, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts. Anywhere you find podcasts. I love that. <laughs> I do love that every time someone promotes their podcast to an audience of people who understand podcasts, they have to be like, <laughs> it's on every place where podcasts are. It's, yeah. it's, it's see. Now I get out podcast works, but thank you for breaking it down but no i i feel compelled to say the same thing um, <laughs> anytime i describe it so anything else you want to talk promote before you go um i'd like to promote uh worst scene best scene hey. which is, uh... i'd like to promote that. wait what is your podcast called best it's called worst scene it's called worst scene okay okay good i'd like to promote kindness is this the Up to 